0: My name is David Grossman, and this is the Motion Martial Arts Podcast. In this episode, we discuss the idea of coaching and how we can look at other sports for coaching strategies in martial arts. Thanks for checking it out. Hey, it's, uh, we're back. It's, it's been a long time. We're going to hopefully, I think, try to get into a routine where we're uh, posting maybe an episode a month. I think that's a realistic... Uh, goal at this point <laughs> yeah, sounds, sounds about right uh so yeah we we wanted to come back and and talk about uh coaching um which i think is an interesting dynamic because i think of brazilian jiu-jitsu which is obviously my background mm-hmm. there is kind of this idea that some people view their instructor as their coach mm-hmm. right and There's some schools where they're just like, this is my instructor or professor or whatever you want to call it in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I don't know how much that exists in your world, Dan. I I, Uh, I feel like it's a little more formal, so I don't think that anybody's ever probably referred to as coach.
1: Yeah, no, the term isn't often used. And I would say that there's a – it's a general tendency in the karate community that almost – a karate teacher is seen as something that's more than just a coach, which I think is a little bit arrogant and I would disagree with. I've actually been cross training in boxing for about six months now. So I think I can speak to the issue quite a bit, (laughs) but you know, I would say that, um, you know, martial arts, I think it's true jujitsu as well. You know, there's kind of, um, like a little bit of like a corny, like mysticism about it too, that you're a martial arts, expert you know so therefore you have some kind of wisdom and knowledge that goes beyond like the actual physical skill that you're (laughs) teaching and i would say that's what i would identify as like the big difference between you know when what you were what like the term coach is kind of at least in my mind that's the way i would think of it
0: yeah well i mean I, i think again it depends what your martial art is right i think that's also again we've said this multiple times this is a martial arts podcast not a jujitsu podcast not a karate podcast not a tongue Sudo podcast right sure. just a martial arts podcast and we've asked the question what qualifies as a martial art before right so i personally am of the opinion that boxing and wrestling is right so sure. as uh with that being the case right because there's no ranks in boxing and wrestling they're just like oh this is coach this yeah. is a coach right um I actually think that there's something to be said about that approach. And I actually think that it's an approach that as martial artists, we should all start to possibly consider entering that mentality into all of our programs. Um, I think that this idea of the coach versus the instructor, the professor, all those things. I actually think it gives those people more of a human element. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe not everybody's going to be happy that I said that. But (laughs) um, I think that that then starts to change the dynamic and the relationships in the room. Mm -hmm. And I think that it allows people that are these instructors, senseis, professors, whatever you want to call, you know, the person you're learning from, a chance to be viewed for really the thing that, they're best at which is providing you with information to make you the best version of yourself the sure. i feel like the traditional way in that things have happened in most schools is this idea that the person running the program has to be this world beater that can turn away all challengers has no moments of weakness sure. from a like fighting or competitive standpoint and again it's not realistic and even if people do understand that that's not the case right they're kind of like, well, if this guy can't absolutely annihilate me and crush me, I need to move on to somebody else. But if you look at sports, yeah. the best coaches cannot hang with the athletes in their sports. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said for thinking that way and taking that approach.
1: Yeah, they're seen, I think, more as very separate pursuits, which I think is a good thing, because teaching is you know, a very specific skill in and of itself yeah. right you know so there's this assumption that you get in martial arts often that if you're a good martial artist if you're good at jujitsu right well yeah you can teach other people to do that too right you know yeah. it's kind of assumed, and i don't think that you see that in something like boxing right it is not assumed at all yeah that, like really good professional boxers also could coach other people to be really <laughs> good professional boxers right yeah. so it, it's something i think that's probably a positive thing that you have in those and it's probably because they're more, um, they're sports, you know, a little bit more. It's, it's that, you know, the, the idea that you have with martial arts, it's not that boxing or I'm sure wrestling can't also be practiced this way and appreciated for these things, but in martial arts, it's, it's very much considered that there that there is a sport, aspect of it that people can do and often should do is a lot of benefits to but it's not seen as the main thing that the pursuit is about yeah whereas with boxing i think that it's more you know more often is yeah again
0: i i do think that's that's probably part of the factor because there's probably a bunch of people that are going to hear this and be like coach why why coach i don't care about coach i'm not doing this as a sport i just want some self-defense and uh i still think personally that if you take the approach of, this is like a self-defense coach, that I think you're going to be able, I think it just changes the dynamic of the room and you start to understand that like, you know, like it doesn't matter whether this person can beat me up today, Mm -hmm. right? It matters, can they make me so I'm able to defend myself? And I, I think that again, just putting that mentality, it doesn't even need to be that you're calling your instructor coach But just starting to take some of this idea of, it's not about what this person can do to me, it's about what they can give me to improve and be able to defend myself. And if I am interested in the sport vending, make me a better competitor, make me a better athlete. Um, I I just have personally found over and over and over again, and and some of this is my own doing, by even kind of popping in and reading things on the internet for a second. It's my fault. don't ever read things on the internet everybody <laughs> don't don't go on and peek your head into like the reddit bjj forum because you're not going to like what you're reading you're like jesus these people i don't understand where they're coming from and and you know again luckily i i, I only do it every once in a while but I, i'm I'm like reading some of these things i'm like these people are so toxic like
1: yeah the
0: things that they're saying and they don't even sound i don't they the way they're wording, it's almost like they're so delusional that they don't understand that they're the toxic problem.
1: Yeah, I'm on the internet a lot in martial arts, you know, forums. So it's probably not best for my mental health. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's definitely, it strikes you immediately that there's a very weird dynamic that you get with human communication when it's, you know, when it's so anonymous like you get on the internet, you know, like people yeah. just will say ridiculous well, things that they would not say to you if you were actually but, just in front of them having a conversation. Yeah, but this yeah. is the
0: thing is that I don't even think that people. Again, everything's a personal experience, right? So, like one thing that I see a lot, and I've heard a lot is, my my coach doesn't train with me. Mm-hmm. Okay, like this is my opinion. Who cares? Yeah. There is a plethora of reasons why your coach might not train with you, but it's not his responsibility to train with you. Sure. It's his responsibility to make you better at whatever your goal is, yeah. right? And there's gonna be some people that are like, well, well he, he, you know, he's supposed to be good. Okay, maybe he, he has injuries. Maybe he's older, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean that all the knowledge of getting you better isn't there. All that experience goes sure away. Way. Yeah, the number one skill that I think a coach really needs to have is they need to know how to find that
1: sweet spot, you know, between pushing you too hard to the point where it's not productive, right? And making sure that the training is challenging enough that it's really helping you to to grow, you know? And it's, it's, you know, obviously I think having, and I'm gonna think about boxing right now because it's just something that I've been doing a lot of recently, is that obviously, you know, they need to have an understanding of whatever it is that they're teaching and, you know, having experience themselves in that I think is very important but I think that, you know, when you choose to go the route of being a coach, you know, it's like, that's, it's a very different job, you know? It's like, I think obviously having experience at some, you know, in, in the past and, and probably current experience, still training is important for that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, if the, the skill of making you better, or teaching you to box, is not really that related to whatever they do to work out themselves (laughs) right you know it's more so that like and you know i think they just having and i'm a teacher myself of course too so it's something i think about a lot most of my students are 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 younger is that i'm always trying to Find the middle ground right where my training is not easy for my students it is difficult for them it is forcing them to become stronger to grow as martial artists but it's also not pushing them so hard that it's just miserable and they're not enjoying what they're doing at all and um that and i think that that my boxing coach has been doing a really good job of that of of finding that that balance with me personally in my boxing training I've been I've been enjoying it a lot but I um sometimes need to kind of motivate myself to actually go to the gym for the workout because it's always hard you know that's what I think is the really key thing about being a good coach or a good teacher is just finding that nice middle ground and you know like you're saying is that, that you can definitely do that for your students regardless of whatever your current level of physical ability is. You yeah, know, it's, yeah. that's, they're, they're, they're not directly related.
0: And there's so many factors into it, right? And and like, I, feel, I just feel like, you know, I've, I've read that, I, I've read it more than once and heard it more than once, this like, uh, coach, coach, or my instructor, he doesn't train with us. He doesn't train with me. And this is mostly from jiu and people are like, oh, you can't train there. I'm like, what? Like, the person's knowledge and their ability to give you the knowledge to get better is not, influenced at all by whether they train with you or not maybe they this is their full-time job and they did a morning session where they trained, and they trained in the afternoon and they're just like well Wednesday nights I don't train because I've already trained twice in my other two classes I'm so exhausted and I don't want to risk injury right maybe they're just like I take off Wednesdays Wednesdays I don't train at all and that just happens to be the night that you come and it's like when it's time to do rounds the person's like I'm not I'm not not training tonight go with so-and-so Again, there's all these factors in them. Again, maybe they have a full-time job, yeah. right? And, and they're still running the job as a second thing that they're trying to build up. And they're just like, I only have so much energy I can give in a day. There's only so much I can do. I'm just trying to get you better through giving you my knowledge and having you train with these other people. Mm-hmm. I also am personally of the opinion, I do think you need to train with people that are better than you, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I actually think that it's a collection of training with people that are better with than you, the same as you, and worse than you, is a collection of all three of those, right? Sure. Even if you don't get rounds in of sparring with your coach, there's still going to be somebody who's better than you in the room. There's opportunities in jiu-jitsu to go cross-train compete, right? But again, like, if we look at wrestling, for example, mm-hmm. nobody who wrestles at Penn State is going to be upset if the coach at Penn State doesn't engage in, hey, it's time for us to go live. Yeah, You guys go with him. Nobody questions when he's like, he's like, what? I'm coaching you guys. Sure. Yeah. Why do you think that I have to do rounds with you? That question is never even brought right. up. You know, I would even say It's that, never brought up in boxing, yeah, yeah, right? Sure,
1: yeah. I would even say that. You would even go as far as to be like, if your coach, if you're a high level wrestler or something and your coach can go rounds with you, it's like that probably, you know, it's almost like, their focus should be on being the teacher, making you better, right? In terms of like the amount of effort that it takes to be a high level, you know, competitor or, or, or athlete, you know, in any martial art, I mean is, is, is a lot. It takes a lot of time and effort. And I think for a good coach, you know, you're you're you, you do have a responsibility to your students to be the best that you can be at that. Like they're very different pursuits is yeah. what I would say. You can do them both. You know, we're both, you know, you know pretty young martial arts teachers. So, obviously, I'm not saying that you can't be a good teacher and, you know, a good athlete yourself that's pushing yourself to be better constantly. But I just think that, you know, you're talking about all these different reasons that maybe the coach has an injury or something, they're not training. But, like, it's also, well, maybe they're just, you know, a coach now, you know? Yeah, they're yeah. not motivated. They don't, they are not not, they had a part a, a period in their life when they were a they were actively trying to push their own limits and to be better and to and to be the best that they can be at whatever sport or martial art we're talking about but now you know their their job is to is to be a coach and that is what they focus on, that's what they do you know i think that that yeah that's ter- and it's interesting it is an interesting point you bring up how it's like that's just normal and intuitively understood in something like boxing and wrestling But in martial arts you do get this like karate or jujitsu you do asian martial arts you know yeah judo doesn't
0: have this issue though right which which, again right but why why does judo not have this issue because again some of this is that if you were the ones that we're talking about that don't have this issue they're very sport leaning right yeah and uh i think that when you get the further. And this is why I've, I've said this to you, and I don't know mm-hmm. if it's been said yet in an episode, but maybe it has been. Uh, this is why I think it's so important to strike a balance of doing everything, doing some of the sport, doing some self-defense, and just doing some part of it that's just for the sake of having fun with it. Yeah. Um, when you start to lean towards too heavy to the self-defense side, that's where we start to get into what I like to call the movie martial arts which is like people living out their fantasies of like, I'm gonna walk into a bar and two guys are gonna pick a fight on me and they're not even gonna know what hits them. I'm gonna be <laughs> yeah. in the parking lot of a Wawa. Sure. Some of you are aren't familiar with Wawa. You're lucky because Wawa is <laughs> makes some pretty crappy food. I'm probably gonna get sued for saying that. Uh, uh, but but uh, like like like, oh, I'm gonna be in the Wawa parking lot and somebody's gonna yeah. come up to me and I'm, I'm gonna know what to do. It's like so there's this. Uh, Weird thing that happens with that part of it I feel like sometimes and again I don't even know if it's always conscious and intentional but people start to go well like well, well this dude has to be this unstoppable machine that if any person comes up to him they can beat up, yeah. up this person again that's not real life yeah, that's a self movie.
1: defense things can also you know because it's like you're training for this fantasy scenario in your mind you know yeah and I, 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 I would you know I, I talk about self-defense a lot of my classes and I do think that it's important and I do take that stuff and I seriously I think
0: it's very important as well.
1: But like you're saying, you know, the way that I like to put it is that as soon as you start sparring, you are creating a sport at some level of what you do. And that's an and if you don't spar in your training, which is very common in the self defense based martial arts community It's like you are never practicing anything that you do against resistance, and w- if you ever do have to defend yourself, you're going to be trying to do it for the first time. yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know? you're going like, yeah. to be in
0: trouble, you're going to be in a worse spot than somebody who possibly just only does the sport. Yeah yeah,
1: well we look at the, there's this false you know kind of um, you know there's this false dichotomy between sport and self-defense that they're somehow like unrelated in some way, and in my opinion, that the, the people who are who do good self-defense based martial arts training are there's a very there's a very big sport element to what they do too because you need it in order to spar as soon as we start applying anything that we do with resistance right you create a sport out of it and it's you know it's it's a necessary part of the practice
0: yeah i mean i i think that that again i agree with everything you're saying and again i think it's just finding that balance like uh i think that the bulk of people who walk into any martial arts school has no interest in competing. And I think that's perfectly fine. Yeah. I don't think you need to compete. But again, the, the doing sparring is doing it as a sport. Sure. And the yeah. second you do it as a sport, right, you're going to see that there's tons of benefits and it's perfectly fine. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't keep a, uh, like something that's based in reality of fighting it. And again, if you're really interested in the sport, that's also cool, sure, right? Yeah. That's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, but like the reality is that I don't care what anybody says. You're only going to be able to do the sport for so long. Yeah. So then, if you want to be sustained, you know, sustain your training, you have to find other motivations: fitness, friendships, social, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Coach. Fighting, self defense, coaching, yeah. right, instructing, whatever it is, right? You so. Yeah, I, I think that the whole community could benefit from this shift. And again, I think that there are some jujitsu programs where that is the case, mm-hmm. but even still, I think that lots of times there's this assumption of the the guy being this unstoppable beast, sure. and that he's supposed to train with his students. And again, I I, I train with every, every any person, so I I'm not, and I obviously instruct a ton. At this point, I I mean, there's weeks where I'm teaching multiple hours a day, mm-hmm. six days out of the week, yes. some weeks, you know? Um, but, like, there's gonna be a point where it's just not sustainable for me to train like this, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean that I still don't have knowledge to give people, right? And, and, sure. and it's like, well, oh, all of a sudden now I'm not, I'm no longer a worthwhile instructor because I can't train with my students, and again, I don't know if that's what everybody's thinking when they say this, but that's what it sounds like, right? And and the reality is that if these guys were high-level competitors, I don't care if it's taekwondo, judo, jiu-jitsu, gymnastics, football, basketball, the wear and tear that they put on their body to compete at the highest level is something that most of us will never experience. And there's things that you physically lose as a result of, pushing your body to those limits. And if you've been around anybody who's done a sport at a high level that's not a combat sport, right? And we're talking about combat sports, which are even more intense than most of these other, other sports, right? But like, you'll see that physically they've had so many injuries that it's like, sometimes they'll talk to you about like small things, like being like, oh man, like this shoulder, I have been able to lift my, my arm over my head now in, in 12 years, and you're like, wait, you compete and train with that all the time? Yeah. And, and oh yeah, yeah, I, you know, the last like five years of my career, I had that issue. Yeah. And you're like, w-, but the average person would, would be like, I'm done with everything. I'm just gonna sit on the couch and resign myself to eating Taco Bell and drinking Mountain Dew <laughs> for the rest <laughs> of my life, right? And these other people yeah. just are like, I'm going to continue to do this, right? But then, like, to be like, oh, well, now that this person has transitioned into coaching, at 50 years old, they should train with their students all the time, or they're not a good instructor, you should train somewhere else. Well, no, that person is valuable experience, yeah. right? And if they're a good coach, they're a good coach. Not everybody who's a great athlete is a great coach, but there are examples of great athletes being great coaches. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I just think that that approach, right, again, you can we can name, we've talked mostly about boxing and wrestling, but basketball the basketball coach isn't expected to be able to beat his players in a game or even have to play them anyway and some of the basketball coaches could never play at a high level maybe they just weren't tall enough
1: yeah i mean it's kind of understood that it's very rare for like athletes to compete at the highest level of any sport very rarely also become coaches It's just not they're different pursuits you know what i mean like it's one of those things that it's just I mean, I don't know. I'm sure that there are examples that exist, but you know, like your Michael Jordans of the world, you know, in basketball and stuff like that. It's like it's not. I don't think it's a very common thing that they retire and like I'm going to coach now and give my basketball. So yeah, I mean, Mike, Michael
0: Jordan is obviously the best, of the best. But there, there's guys. So like Steve sure. Kerr, yeah, who who is the coach for the Golden State Warriors? He won something like six championships. Yeah. Right, and again, to even be just, he was pretty much a three point specialist in the NBA for I don't know 15 years. Something sure. like that, right? And people are like, oh, well, he wasn't the best player. Yeah, to be at that level, you, you're, you're one of the best guys in the world. You're, sure. you're, I mean, for like, yeah, for 15 years, he was one of the 300 best people in the world at basketball. Yeah. <laughs> and, and in his particular skill set, shooting three pointers at the time he was active, I'm fairly certain nobody in the world was better at it than yeah. him for 15 years, right? So things, things like that do happen but
1: it's rare for somebody to be, you know, very, very good at, you know, two different things. You know, yeah, what I, mean? but, but and I think that that's just the point is that it's like, how related is your coaching ability to your, you know, martial arts ability. And I would say that you definitely need to have experience. You need to understand the art or the sport that you're teaching. Right. But I would say that usually, you know, people who are gifted teachers who are very good teachers, you know, it's like, it's something, it's, I just think it's, you know, it's rare for people to be, like, extremely gifted, high-level competitor as well as an extremely gifted, high-level coach, teacher, you know, it's yeah. like, normally you kind of find, you know, the thing that that you're best at, you know, and then you, at some point, you know, that's, that becomes the focus of what you do, so, you know.
0: So, I, I mean, this is actually a, a have you ever seen that show, True Detective? No, um, I haven't. Well, you no. should watch yeah, it. Yeah. Only the first season. Yeah. I I watched the second season and I thought it was terrible. I never seen the third season. And I don't watch much television, so I, it's one of the, the few shows that I've ever actually watched the entirety of a season of, let alone watched it more than once. There's this cool line that Matthew McConaughey's character says, uh, his name is Rust in, in, in the show, and he's like, says something. He's a police detective, and he's like, maybe I should have been a painter or something like that. To Woody Harrelson's character, yeah. And Woody Harrelson says something like, "It's it's not too late" or something like that. And then Matthew McConaughey's character responds, "It takes a lifetime to get good at one thing." Yeah. Right. So uh, you know, like that's the thing is, and and I agree with you. There are always exceptions, right? There are people that they're great players and they're great coaches. It does happen. But like, it's almost like you have to kind of pick one, right? And and like, to be great at coaching, you kind of have to sacrifice your own practice. This is something that I've come to terms with. And I actually deal with this most days. I'm like, man, if I break down the amount of jujitsu time that I get to work on jujitsu that's relevant to me, it's barely any. I'm like, I'm lucky if I get to spend two hours a week working on jujitsu for me. And I'm like, people are like, yeah, but you wouldn't be the level you're at if, if, if you didn't have to do all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, you're correct. I'd be better if I didn't have to do all this teaching stuff. And again, there's nothing wrong with it. I made the decision that that's where I, I want to put all my eggs in that basket of being a great instructor. Sure, right. But like, you know, like that's the thing is like, I'd be significantly better if I didn't focus on instructor because the only thing I would have to worry about is the moves that work for me the best training for me, and that's it. I'm not here spending three hours on one day teaching little kids very fundamental jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And again, there's something to be said about that, but some of that fundamental stuff that I'm teaching these kids are not stuff that I would use myself or do use myself. Sure. Right. But I have to think about, well, maybe there's 10 people in this room out of 20 people that this is gonna be huge for them. Right, and then another factor is it for me is that I am an outlier Mm -hmm. for body types, and lots of times when people think that you you, or you say that, they're like, "Oh, so somebody's this huge monster," but no, I'm undersized, right? Sure, I'm tiny for an adult man, Mm -hmm. and I weigh very little for an adult man. So there's things that like other people are like, well, this is a fundamental technique, and this is a whole different conversation for another episode which is this idea of what is actually fundamentals yeah and 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 maybe i'm gonna get myself in trouble again in that episode for some things i say but uh yeah like that's the thing is like this there's these ideas that this is just my opinion lots of the fundamental techniques are what works for most people but it doesn't work for everyone Mm -hmm. right and and like that needs to be kept in mind because like it's like it works if you're in the average height, weight range for two adult men or two adult adult women. But all of a sudden, if you're an undersized woman or an undersized man and you're going against people that are outliers yeah. or maybe even just normal, in the normal range, but a little bit more extreme, all of a sudden things don't work so well, sure. right? And it's that's like, an
1: important thing for self-defense specifically.
0: Right. yeah and that's yeah, why, that comes back to why sports. No, but no. that comes back to why you need to do some of the sport right Sure. because then you start to understand things like hmm. so maybe this is a good idea for my training partner who's 5'10", 165 pounds, 170 pounds when he has a 210 pound man on him he can pull guard yeah. but maybe you're built like me and you're like Okay, I'm only 140. Sometimes I'm even as light as 135 to 130 pounds. Yeah. In the not too distant past, when I was still competing, some I was walking around at 130 pounds. And that wasn't cutting any weight. That yeah. was just from hard training and yeah. eating right because I was getting ready for competitions. Uh right, it's like 130 pounds. Do I really want to pull guard and have a 210-pound man on top of me? Uh yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna see if there's a strategy that I can do that maybe when that comes up, I can avoid pulling guard. And I've figured out things that work for me, right? And and it's things that I talk about sometimes when I am teaching a fight-based approach in a self-defense thing. I'm like, listen, here, I don't think I would pull guard. Yeah. But it's not up to me to tell you that you can't pull guard. At the end of the day, right, I'm just telling you what I would do for me, but I'm I'm a little bit of an outlier. Sure. Right? Again, so... I feel like we're getting a little off topic, yeah. but
1: a little bit of a tangent. Yeah, <laughs> just to bring it back to the. I understand your point though. That you're talking about how you know the your your individual experiences and the individual attributes, and the things that you have as a martial artist will affect who you are as a teacher. Yeah, and of course. And, and you know, and that's it. And, you know, and these are things that it's like, you know it would say does that you know does does your your size and your experience you know as a, as a smaller adult man you know doing jiu does that make you a better or a worse teacher you know i would say that depends entirely upon how you just contextualize it right you know it's the yeah. same thing for guys that are monsters or giant you know like big dudes yeah, yeah. you know what like like well what this works for me why isn't this working for my but, students but, like because you're you know you're an individual but, that but, your own
0: so i actually think taking it from that perspective is good right because yeah. there's a couple guys that are are taller here and i've had conversations where i'm like dude why are you go- if you're six foot four why are you trying to shoot for a, a double leg takedown on somebody who's five foot eight
1: yeah
0: i'm like the level change is insane you have better options right yeah and again this comes back to some of the issues sometimes with the fundamentals which again we should share in a different episode yeah but I guess where this really started when I, before I started going off on my tangent is, again, this idea of if your coach's primary focus isn't coaching and it's about being a monster and a beast and a great fighter a great uh, athlete or whatever, they're going to probably pick the things that best work for them and show it to you but it might only work for them because they are a freak athlete or because of their size right but being a monster like that or a great practitioner like that is inherently selfish being sure. an instructor especially a good instructor is the opposite of that you have to spend and give lots of time to other people you have to be like i don't do this thing you but you i think this is going to work for you yeah if you want to
1: get right yeah because i th- i th- understand your point 100 That it's like it's very easy to be like, well, my focus and my motivation is being the best martial artist that I can be, and I want to train hard and be the best, but I need to make a living too. So I'm also going to do this teaching thing yeah. <laughs> on the side, you know, while I just really concentrate on me, which is why I really want yeah. to. And I would say that makes you probably a pretty bad teacher, all exactly, things considered. Right? But, At the very least, you could say you would be a better teacher, right? If you were concentrating but, more. And again, I
0: think I think this is actually a good wrapping up point. Yeah. But that is where this whole conversation is stemming from, right? Yeah. Because people think in their head. If you sit down and you talk to them with, and you just ask them some really basic questions, they want the instructor who's that beast who's selfish when you talk to them. Yeah. But they don't think in their mind that, oh, in order to get that way, you have to be selfish in your training. You have to be very focused on what is going to make me the best. What are the, How do I need to train? Yeah. Am I a person who thrives on hard training seven days a week? Okay, yeah. well, then every class is going to be hard training. Well, that works for some people, but it doesn't work for everybody. Sure. What if the instructor is somebody who goes and is like well i like doing only positional training and lighter sessions and then i just do one one day that's hard a week well there's also going to be a group of people that are like well i'm not getting enough hard training in. yeah right like you
1: know it's a good point you bring up too talking about high level athletes high level martial artists that also become teachers too you if you can find examples of that absolutely but i would say that from the sports side of things, it's would never be simultaneous, right? You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, let's, it's say you're, let's say that you, let's say that you were a really high level boxer, very, very good boxer. at some <coughs> point, And you decide to transition into coaching, right? So you're not doing those things simultaneously. You're not competing yeah, at a can. high level or right? cause you can't, right? Like you're saying, it's like you need, there's a necessity. If you're going to compete at a yeah. high level, you have to concentrate on you, <laughs> right? It has to be about you. That needs to be your focus. That needs to be your priority versus when you're a teacher your priority should be for your students you know yeah. and, I, and i i think we should take that seriously as teachers because we're so fortunate to be able to make a living doing yeah. martial arts right i mean i really that's a, something that i really you know it means the world to me to be able to have a job where i'm happy to go there every day i enjoy it you know I'm helping yeah. specifically a lot of young people to grow and to be stronger and to be and to learn and to become martial artists and they take that seriously, you know, and you gotta, you know, prior, like that's that, the fact that I'm able to make a living doing that is amazing. And I owe it to my students for them to be my priority, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, to I guess to put an end on it, yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully everybody who listens to this, you get something out of it. If you're a student, maybe it'll, you know, kind of do a, a mind shift of like, hey, like it doesn't matter what this person can do to me, it's what they're doing for me. And if you're an instructor, you know whatever your style is maybe starting to change the vibe a little bit in your own rooms right being like hey like you know maybe somebody who's like oh man you don't seem all that tough it's like okay well i'm not here to be a tough round for you i'm here to make you good yeah right i i think that that, that's something that is is a huge shift that we all could use as a community personally sure um I don't know if if you have any feelings you want to share to wrap up the conversation. No, no right? I
1: think that wraps it up nicely.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um and yeah, well hopefully I, I think we're gonna try and, and and get back into a routine of sharing something with you guys once a month. Yeah. Um hopefully yeah, well, everybody's my, well. You know, and I'm
1: trying to up my jiu-jitsu, so we'll be seeing more of each other. <laughs> so I think Yeah, we gotta get back into it and be excited to do so.
0: All right, everybody, keep training. Take care. Have a good day.